Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey, everybody. This is Jim Galliano from jimgalliano.com. Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's great to be here with all of you. It's the final episode of 2021, and I know there's a lot of people out there looking forward to sticking the fork into this past year and calling it a wrap. You know, as far as online business goes, this past year was pretty good for a lot of the people that I know who sell online services. I didn't really see, or I didn't really hear, I guess I should say, many people complaining about the business side of things, at least in the online world. And uh, personally, I don't have anything to complain about either when it comes to how business was over the past year. But of course, life isn't just business. There's that human element, the human level. And when we take a closer look at that, I mean, even if we just kind of take a glance at it, I don't think it was a very good year at all from that vantage point. Because we've seen just endless amounts of stress and anxiety and fighting and unrest throughout the world, possibly more so than I've seen even over the past, let's say, two years with all of the arguing about politics and cheating and vaccines and violence breaking out and just all kinds of things, lockdowns. So today I want to briefly talk about where we've come from, where we're going. I want to look at some positive elements, of course. And sometimes I think I could start another podcast just to focus on the life topics, the way I use this one to more or less focus on business topics, maybe one day. But before we go any further, I'd like to give a shout out to my good friends over at Whereby, at Whereby.com. Whereby is an online video meeting solution with very possibly the best audio that's currently out there on today's playing field. And I'm not the only one who noticed that either. With Whereby, you really can enjoy beautiful, simple video calls. Whereby provides their customers with a super simple way to connect over video, There aren't any apps to install or downloads that you have to mess with. You don't have any of those long, somewhat convoluted meeting links that you have to share with everyone either. So there's nothing to worry about there. And as an added feature now, they even have what's called embedded videos. It's an embedded video feature which allows you to host your meetings and keep your guests right on your own domain. So if that's something that you want to do, it's not going to be a problem. Whereby is a great Zoom alternative. All of my friends, my clients, my family love the fact that there's nothing they have to install. Nothing has to be set up or downloaded on their side. They simply join a meeting by clicking on a short link that I send them. So go ahead and visit whereby.com. They are the video meeting platform of choice for some big companies like Netflix, Spotify, HubSpot, and over 30,000 others. Check out their free trial get started today. Okay, so back to what I was saying earlier, I wanted to talk briefly today about where we've come from and where we're going. So quickly, let me just mention a few things that I noticed from the past year. I'm sure you know, as most people do, that bad news sells much better than good news does. And bad news has a way of arresting people's attention. It has a way of getting us to freeze and just slowly take in all of this information that maybe otherwise we would have just given a quick glance to. And of course, there are side effects. It affects your your mental health in ways that oftentimes go beyond the short term if you're exposed to it over a prolonged 
period of time or continuous repetition. Maybe you remember back in 2001 when the Twin Towers went down in uh, New York City. The news at the time played the scenes over and over and over again for over 24 hours straight. No matter what channel you went to, you just saw these planes going into the buildings. You saw the buildings collapsing. You saw people running in the streets. And then something surprising happened. I remember at the time hearing that some of the top psychologists in the U.S. contacted the big media outlets and explained to them the damage they were doing to the general public by playing the images over and over again. I don't know if any of you remember that, but that's really stuck out to me. It was nothing I had seen or heard before or since. And then at the time, almost unbelievably, the mainstream media acknowledged that and they stopped. They literally stopped showing the, that scene, those scenes over and over again. All of the major networks at the time got on the same page. Now, it didn't last forever, but if you compare something like that to the two years of nonstop COVID-19 news and imagine the kind of impact that that has had on society in general, regardless of what you think about the severity of what's happening or how important it is to be uh, informed, just to consider the scenario of what things like this do to uh, the mental health of people. I mean, when I think about something like war, take, you can take 10 men, 10 individuals, 10 guys go to war, and they see active combat. I read about this not long ago, and according to the statistics, which again may or may not be accurate, but 17%, according to the statistics, reported having symptoms of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, after seeing active combat. Now, I thought the percentage would be higher than that. But 17% is what I read. So maybe it's higher, maybe it's lower. I, I don't really know. But the point is, if you take a group of 10 guys that go into active combat, you don't know going in who's going to be okay and who isn't. And after the fact, are we going to blame, let's say, two guys who come back and suffer from the PTSDs, uh, post-traumatic stress disorders, for not being maybe as tough as their eight other buddies who didn't suffer from it or who don't suffer from it. So now just think about the damage the media does worldwide. Uh, you know, it's just a thought, but it's one of the reasons why with increasing frequency, more and more people are beginning to tune out what they're talking about. And I'm not just talking about uh, COVID-19. I'm talking about the economy and violence and just all of the other things that have become a uh, mainstay, I guess you would say, in the media of today. So per personally, I try and tune out 90% of what I hear. Most of the things that I take in or try to take in are just the basics. Now imagine this. Imagine that what we've experienced over the last two years, imagine if it had happened in 1920 and 1921 instead of 2020. And 2021. Imagine if it would have happened 100 years ago. All you would probably know is what you read in the local newspaper once a day. And you would just be reading it. In some cases, you would just skim it. In other cases, you would read the headlines or maybe just a few sentences. So <clears throat> it would affect everybody with less impact, I guess you, you could say. Um, but all you would know, I guess, would be what you would 
read in your local newspaper, or maybe what somebody would say on a radio broadcast, because there was radio back then. And then I guess the rest would come down to what was happening in the lives of your friends, your family, your neighbors, the people that were within your area. But the feeling would, it would have felt completely different. It would have been a different experience altogether. The video audio experience that we have today is completely different. Maybe a hundred times more intense is the outcome of being exposed to that same information if we would have had it, in, let's say, in 1920 in text form. But when it comes to the economy, uh, entrepreneurship, and the world of business, it's all very much like this too. The same thing, the same dynamic is in play. You know, I have to say that I know what it's like to struggle in a good economy. And I also know what it's like to be successful in a terrible economy. So when the media tells you that the economy is good and you're struggling, well, you know, you kind of feel like a loser. I mean, that's how I felt at the time. And when you're doing really well and the economy is terrible, you feel like a genius, but really neither one is true. I think in, in both cases, with myself at least, the economy wasn't, or what they told me the economy was, that wasn't the reality that I was experiencing at the time in my day-to-day life. It was just a backdrop to my personal experience. So wherever you are today, maybe what you're hearing in the media about business, about finance, about where things are going financially speaking, you look at that and you hear that, but then you also have your own experience. Maybe you're just starting a business or maybe you've just taken on some new clients and you're feeling pretty good. But when you hear this news, you think, well, maybe I shouldn't be feeling pretty good. Maybe I should be worried. Maybe I should cut back. And so this isn't just something that's happened one or two times as far as me being aware of it. This is something I've seen ongoing since I've been in business. Whereas what was happening with me and what the media was reporting, there was a total disconnect, both on the plus side and on the minus side. So what does this have to do with what I'm talking about today? Simply this, why should anyone let the opinions of other people dictate what they're going to experience in 2022. I mean, these people are just giving their opinion. <clears throat> Excuse me. 2022 hasn't happened yet. So, you know, I look at it like this. Don't let someone who's never built a business themselves tell you whether it's a good time or a bad time to build a business. Learn to let your own insights guide you more and become less reliant on what people around you may say or what you may hear other people saying. And even if the odds don't really seem to be in your favor and you can't get away from that fact with what you're seeing from where you're sitting, do you really stand that much to lose? One thing's for certain, if you don't try, you're not going to see anything. So from that respect, we might say, well, really, you have nothing to lose. And also, I know people that get hung up with things like statistics and the odds of something working or not working. And, and, you know, as interesting as the statistics may be at times, they often deviate from reality. I mean, anyone who watches sports can tell you about that. And, and plus, sometimes the statistics themselves are just flat out wrong. People twist statistics all the time to further their own agendas. You know, the famous writer Mark Twain, uh, also known as Samuel Clemens, said this. He said, 
There are three kinds of lies. There are lies, there are damn lies, and there are statistics. But if we ask the question, how did things change in 2020 and 2021, beside the obvious, uh, over the last few years, I think we've seen more people shift to the online world than I can recall in recent memory. In some ways, it sort of felt like the 1990s again, the late 1990s. And going forward, the opportunities for people to hire, uh, people who are going to work remotely, people working from home, uh, I think those numbers are only going to increase. I don't think those numbers will be going backwards again. And I think this means that the potential to not only quote-unquote survive, but to thrive in the online world are not just pie-in-the-skies type dreams that some might have you believe. I believe the opportunities are real. And I know many of you, if not most, agree. Because from what I can gather, quite a few of you who listen to this podcast have spent the last few years learning, planning, and building out what amounts to the future version of your business. And now many of you are months or less away from launching a reimagined version of your older original plans. And I think you're in for an incredibly rewarding journey over the years ahead. You know, there's so many approaches to building a business. And as I think about what's happening now as we move into a new year, I just want to share a few ideas with you because I know that many people get stuck in a cycle of learning and learning and learning and never doing or buying and buying and buying and never implementing, thinking the whole time that they're quote unquote building a business. And then on top of everything else, it's so easy to get sidetracked by, you know, ADD or whatever you want to call it. And people just end up operating from day to day on autopilot without having a clear plan. And there's a lot of talk about setting goals and how goals should be set. I personally don't set goals the way people traditionally do because I find that they never really work for me. But if I have to set a goal in a traditional way, at least for me personally, I find it's easier to set a smaller goal, something that may seem very basic maybe even too small to someone else. But, you know, you really can't base what you're doing off of what other people think. You have to do what works for you. And so if you think somebody would laugh if they heard your plan or your vision or your dream, then sometimes it's just better to keep it to yourself. There's a lot of conflicting advice also about what really works and what doesn't. I tend to work with lower numbers when I do my planning because If I create something that I think I should create, you know what I mean by that? In other words, if I think, oh, well, you know, I need to make, let's say, X number of dollars more a month, and I look at that number and I think, well, the average person would think that number is too low, so let me times it by 10. And I do that because I think that's what I should be thinking because I'm thinking too low. I'm talking about an internal struggle that people deal with. Sometimes you think you're shooting too low and you should shoot higher, but when you do that, You create an unrealistic expectation and you try to make yourself believe that it's possible when deep down on a gut level you don't. And so when you don't believe what you're doing is really possible but you're trying to talk yourself into it, what happens? Then getting distracted becomes even easier because you really don't, again, on a gut level, on a heartfelt level, believe that what you're striving for is achievable. So in order to counter that, If somebody makes me set a goal, and let's say it's a financial goal, it doesn't have to be about money, but if we're talking about business, 
I just encourage you, and if money is one of those things that bothers you moving forward, I just suggest going ahead and starting with something that seems realistic to you. And don't worry about what's realistic to someone else. It has to be realistic to you. It has to be doable. So whether you create a daily goal, whether it be a financial number, depending on how your business is structured or what you sell, uh, daily goals make more sense if you're in e-commerce, for example, whereas if you're selling a service, maybe a weekly goal, uh, at, at least measure things weekly. I think that's really good because a month is only four weeks when you really get right down to it. And four weeks really isn't a long time. And by making a weekly goal, and again, if, if you're in e-commerce, maybe a daily goal will work better. But at least if you have a weekly goal, whatever that number is, you know at the beginning of the week how your week is going to have to be structured or in some cases or many restructured in order to hit that objective. In other words, what's important becomes different because your priorities change when you have a specific number target that you have to hit by Friday. And so if you make that number too high or make that goal too lofty and you don't hit it, what's going to happen? Well, you're not really going to, number one, if it's too big and it seems unrealistic to you, you're not going to put a genuine effort forth to hit that target. You're going to kind of go through the motions and by the time you get to week two, you're going to forget all about it. But if you do something that's doable, and doable again to you, then the effort that you make on Monday, or the thought process that you go through on Sunday night before the week begins, is going to be a lot clearer, a lot more concise than by just having this vague general idea of what you're trying to build, and you know, eventually you're going to get towards it, and you're just measuring in terms of months or quarters, just, you know, there's only four quarters in the year. So if you don't really have any realistic target that you're, that you're shooting at during the first quarter, you can blow the first three months, the first quarter of the year off and have really nothing to show for it. I mean, how many people out there again are building and building and building, but they're never really completing what it is they're building. And then sometimes in the middle of the build, they decide they're going to change directions and put something else in there. So if you have a, a goal that you can actually hit, again, it could be daily, it could be weekly, then what's going to happen? Well, one of two things can happen. You can either hit it or miss it. If it's a reachable goal and you miss it, you're probably not going to miss it by that much. But when you miss it, you're going to be able to identify the reasons why you missed it. Now, if you hit it or you realize that, wow, that's really kind of too small of a goal or it's too easy of a target to hit over and over, then what you do is you increase that target a little bit. And so your daily objectives begin to change based on whether or not you're hitting that weekly target or not. I'm using money as an example. I know for some people it might be prospects or connecting with so many new potential uh, prospects every week. Prospects, prospecting is fine. I know that's not as motivating as some, to some people as a, a financial target might be. But of course, the financial target may include the act of prospecting. So when you reach the end of your first week of this, whatever that number happens to be, if you've missed it, it's a lot easier to identify why you didn't get there. For example, maybe you have a list of 10 people on it and you put an offer out there week number one and you hit half of your, you got halfway to your target. But week number two, if you keep putting that same offer out again and again and again to those same 10 people, then what's going to either happen is 
Maybe you'll hit the target one month, but then after that, those same people aren't going to buy the same product over and over and over again. Now, if you have recurring income, of course, then that puts a different spin on it. Then you need new people coming into the mix. And what are you going to have to do to, to get the new people? How are you going to get the offer out in front of them? So your, your daily objectives become, again, less vague when you begin to identify the reasons why you're not hitting that specific target. Well, now I'm going to have to focus a little more on list building because we only have 10 people on the list. Or I've given this offer out to my LinkedIn group or my Facebook group. And, you know, I can't just keep rolling the same offer out to them all the time. Maybe I need more people in the group. Or maybe the group has grown as big as I can get it to realistically grow. Maybe I need to look at some other avenues of growth. Maybe if I'm spending too much time on Facebook and I've kind of capped out there, maybe I need to look into LinkedIn Or maybe I need to look into content creation. In other other words, your actions are ordered instead of haphazard because everything that you're doing is being measured in terms of are you doing the things necessary to hit your target? And then once you find the combination of activities that work, then you can scale those activities up. Now, some people say, well, you know, I just need I just need to serve others. I need to give value to others. I need to create content. I don't really focus on the money. I think if I focus on meeting people's needs, the money will take care of itself. And there is a lot of truth to that statement. However, another truth that exists parallel with that is the fact that unless you have a specific target, how will you know whether or not you're making measurable forward progress or not. And it's so much easier to get distracted when you don't have a specific number in mind that you're aiming to hit on a weekly basis. I I hope that makes sense. So the goal of the business, of course, is to serve other people, but it's also to make money. And there's nothing wrong with doing both. Why Why can't you have both? So once you begin to identify the blockages that are keeping you from hitting that number, then you can go to work on those things. And the work takes on a different nature because the purpose is really defined at this point. Now, one of the other things I noticed is that suppose the blockage happens to be something like list building or writing a sales page out. So then you begin to do those things and maybe it's something that you really don't feel comfortable doing. Initially, I didn't feel comfortable writing sales copy. So I bought a product to help me write sales copy. And then I didn't like what the sales copy looked like, so I hired somebody. And then I didn't like what they produced because I didn't think it sounded like me, so I went back to learning how to write the copy myself. And during this entire process, the beginning, the middle, and the end, I was in business and I was making money. And in the back of my mind, I thought, well, I could be doing a lot better if I only got the copy to work better. But that didn't stop me from moving forward. I didn't wait until I was 100% happy with the final product to get it out there. Now, if you're a service provider, maybe you're not exactly happy with the service you're providing. You know it can be better. You know things should be added or taken away, or you know the copy that surrounds the service, how you sell it can be improved. You know all all of these things. You know something has to change. Okay, that's what you start working on. You start building your new thing. Just realize that as you go through this process, there's a series of removing blockages. So, Start small, decide what it is that you're going to do. I know for my own business, I've adjusted my services 
quite a bit over the last few years because I recognized something. I recognized that it wasn't just me telling people what they had to do. Don't get me wrong, good information is critical, it's super important, but just knowing what to do oftentimes isn't enough, and information alone almost never is. I think you can cover about 90% of what people need in order to succeed in business, but it's the remaining 10% that trips people up. In some cases, it's the remaining 5%. So what I decided to do was redesign my own business where I could insert myself more into the process, work with a growing number of people and be there for them live to answer questions and to help guide them through situations that maybe it wouldn't be possible to cover with pre-recorded material because that situation is very specific to what's happening at one person's life. So no matter what you're selling, I think it's just important to stay in touch with what the needs of the time are, what people need. And there are some basics, of course, that you can apply. They're evergreen. It doesn't matter what niche you're in. It doesn't matter what you're selling, product or service. But there's always three basic elements I find in most successful businesses. You can look back at what you had in 2021 and ask yourself, were these elements there? And then you can look forward into the new year and say, what can I do, even if I have to take baby steps to make sure these elements are present going forward? Uh, Number one is identifying a target audience of people. In the past, I used to do that by kind of building out an avatar. I know that's what most marketers teach. I find that that works much better on paper than it does in reality. And it's very deceptive because you can build out a personality on paper and then find that in your actual marketing to that quote unquote personality, it feels like the message is falling on deaf ears. I found it much easier to identify a problem, a challenge, something that people were wrestling with. And that became my target audience, people that had that problem. So sometimes people fit a very tight definition of what you might call a customer avatar. They're a certain age. They have a certain experience. They read certain books and magazines. I understand all that. But sometimes it's just much easier to find someone who's struggling with a certain problem. And that could be young or old, rich or poor. Uh, Matter of fact, that was the approach that Steve Jobs basically took. He didn't try to really drill down into the certain segment of our of the country of the world he basically found one big thing and he focused on making that creating answer to that one big group of people wanting technology to be what more friendly more within reach of the average person instead of the quote-unquote geek but that's the one element there so i would say decide if you ask me this question today i would say decide what big problem you're going to solve What big challenge you're going to help people overcome because that's how you create value today. That's how you create value going forward. So don't get stuck in the past with the customer avatar thing if it's not working for you. If it is working for you, then everything that I just said is theory and your reality is the customer avatar is working for you. But if it's not, consider what I just said. Number two, you have to get people on some kind of a list This is something that I work with every single client, and not all of my clients want to do this. Not all of them want to build a list. None of them have ever given me, the ones who don't, the very few that don't, have never given me a good reason why they don't want to do it. They've never really spelled it out. I've never really pushed them because what they're doing is working. If it wasn't working, I'd probably insist that, hey, you either should try this out or maybe get somebody else to help you build your online stuff. But you want to have people on a list so that you can communicate with them for no other reason than that. I know clients who have been building businesses for years hardly ever, ever 
emailing them and suddenly 2020 hit and guess what they were so thankful that they had available to them that's right an email list of their clients of their customers so that they could keep in contact with them and let them know what was going on i know some of my clients launched their online stores they had they had them in infant form i guess you could say prior to 2020 but they really built them out in 2020 and you know for good reason and number 3 you have to ask people to buy something <laughs> I know that sounds like uh, the ABCs of online business or online sales and marketing, but yeah, you have to ask people to buy something. What are you selling? Somebody might say, well, I'm just selling ideas. Okay, so what's the purpose of the ideas? Well, the idea is to build an audience. Okay, that makes sense. So you're sharing ideas. You're trying to get a group of people to come on board to listen to what you have to say. That makes sense. Now, where's the money coming from? Well, maybe one day I'll create a product for that group, or maybe we'll sell ads if we have maybe like a, some kind of online magazine site. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm just kind of seeing how it goes. I understand that. I understand that approach. You're trying something new. But just understand that in the real world of business, if you presented that approach to people who lived and died by the ABCs of how businesses work, they wouldn't give you the time of day. You have to have a solid plan. I'm not saying that to knock what you're doing. I'm not even saying that you shouldn't be doing it that way. I've done it that way myself in the past. And I can tell you the reason why I did it is because I wasn't sure what direction I should go in. So rather than do nothing at all, I just went out there and, did, and used what I had. But hindsight being what it, what it is, hindsight being 2020, I realize now that if you're in that place, you're not sure what to do and you're experimenting with different things, don't give yourself an unlimited amount of time to experiment. Just recognize that sooner or later, you're going to have to tighten up your plans. You're going to have to dot your I's and cross your T's if you want to build a successful business online. So find your target audience, determine who they are, what their needs are however you want to do it. I suggest going with the problem that you're best suited to solve. Decide how you're going to do that. Start a, a conversation with them. It can be in multiple forms, but make sure you, you get their email address if you can. That way, at least you can communicate with them. And then finally realize this, you're going to have to sell something. I, I know that seems kind of funny, but it's not really funny when you don't know really where you are and where you're going. You just know you have some skills, but you're not sure what those skills will look like in a mature business. So I know some people that are very successful today, they started out in the affiliate business. That's how they learned how to promote and sell things and market things because they didn't know what to build. They didn't know what to design themselves. So they took the things that other people built, they sold them, and they got a commission back. I know other people who got into the affiliate business with the thoughts of this is the business model that I want. And then it turns out that it just wasn't for them after all. And if you know if that's the case, okay, so what's, what's your next plan? How are you going to adjust? However you adjust, it, you're still going to be asking people to buy something sooner or later. So the, the sooner you determine what that thing is, then the better you're going to be. But it does start with determining what problem you're going to solve. I would say that. So you can hit just about any kind of goal, income goal-wise, by just having those, by just doing those three things, by just focusing on those things. So, you know, some offers that you make will convert. 
Some offers will just fall flat on their face, and it doesn't make any difference how long you've been doing this. I know for myself, I'm always surprised. Sometimes things I think are going to work, they do, and sometimes they fail miserably. And other times things I'm not really sure, and I won't know until I launch them. And some things turn out a whole lot better than I thought they were going to turn out. So I think that's about all for now. I mean, we are looking back at briefly at 2021. We're looking forward to what's ahead of us. And I would say don't be a a prisoner. Don't allow yourself to be a prisoner of circumstance. Don't allow yourself to be handcuffed by the times that we're in. Just realize that if you set some, even some small goals, things that you can work for each and every week, and that's the key there is consistency. You know, if I set a goal to, I set a goal once to do 100 sit-ups a day, and I, and I got there. There wasn't really a bigger picture in getting there than doing that amount of sit-ups a, d- a day, and I wanted to get in shape. Looking back on it now, I think if I was going to start a new regimen, a healthier, stronger, more vital gym in 2021, I think that I would start with a mini plan, something that I would know for sure that I wasn't going to burn out on in 90 days or four months, something that I could keep doing. And even if the steps were baby steps, I'm doing what I'm doing with longevity in mind. So for example, I know I'm not going to change all my eating habits overnight. I've tried the cold turkey thing with certain foods. I like certain foods. Not willing to pay the price is really what it comes down to certain times. So if you find a price that you are willing to pay happily, which is maybe a smaller version of those once lofty goals, the great thing that happens is you get in a habit slowly of doing the right things without overwhelming yourself. So if you could do the right things for even small periods of time, that you gradually build up muscle in those areas. You gradually build good habits by the repetition. And you can get there. And yes, maybe it takes you longer. Maybe it takes you twice as long to get there, but you still get there. And I think that when all is said and done, that's all that we're really going to care about. I mean, if we sit back and look at our lives, let's say that uh, God blesses us with long life. We're 90 years old. We're looking back. Do you really think you're going to be bummed out because it took till you got to a certain age that you succeeded and you didn't succeed at a younger age? Do you really think you're going to care about that? All that's going to matter to you is that you that you made it. Of course, everybody wishes they could have had it quicker, faster, sooner, all of those things. But given the choice of eventually getting it and not getting it at all, well, you know that's an easy choice to make. Anyway, that's it for today's episode. I I hope you got something out of that. I I was going to dig a little bit deeper. I have to say, I think that I'm like a lot of you right now. I'm just looking forward to unwinding and relaxing during this little holiday break that we have. So I'll just go ahead and put the bookmarker in it there. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you think it will help a friend, go ahead and share the episode link with them. Or you can simply send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. I have all my podcast episodes there. And uh, also I'm launching a new newsletter in the new year. It's called the Digital Strategist Newsletter. And uh, I'm just putting the finishing strokes to all of the things that go with that. So I'm kind of excited about that. Something that I've gotten away from in these later years and something that I used to do in the earlier, earlier years. So 
I, it fits in nicely with my solopreneur styled approach to online marketing. It gives me a chance to share some thoughts, ideas, tips, and insights all in, in, in one chunk with people uh, while making it brief. One of those things that I kind of struggle with. But uh, if you haven't been to my main website yet, go ahead and go there. Subscribe at jimgalliano.com. And uh, if you're on that list, you'll get the newsletter when I release it. I guess it's going to be in January. And I think you'll enjoy it. Thanks again for listening. Happy New Year to all of you out there. And I'll talk to you later.